Thank you for listening to Everything's Messy podcast. We appreciate your interest in health and wellness. However, it is important to note that the content provided in this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The information shared here is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts and guests featured on Everything's Messy podcast are not licensed healthcare professionals, and the discussions within the episode should not be considered as personalized medical guidance. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. If you have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Reliance on any information provided by Everything's Messy podcast or its guests is solely at your own risk. This podcast may discuss general health topics, lifestyle choices, and wellness trends, but these discussions should not be interpreted as individualized medical recommendations. Every individual's health needs are unique, and what works for one person may not be suitable for another. We encourage you to consult with a healthcare professional before making any significant changes to your diet, exercise routines, or health practices. Everything's Messy Podcast and its hosts are not responsible for any actions taken based on the information provided during the podcast. Remember, your health is a personal matter, and professional medical advice is essential for making informed decisions about your well-being. Thank you for listening to Everything's Messy Podcast. Everything's Messy Podcast brought to you by Dreamweaver Media. So, incredible company. I'm so excited that I've had the chance to work with this company. Let me tell you, if you are looking to level up your podcast, level up your business, anything that you need to get very clear and laser focused with your goals for your company, you need to reach out to Dreamweaver Media. They have a strategy session report that they will do for you. And what that will do is you will discover your dream audience persona, define your business's why, craft a brand identity that speaks directly to your target audience, identify your marketing goals and create a custom plan and receive a detailed visual shoot plan that brings everything to life. Let me tell you, this company is amazing. So reach out to dreamweavermedia.co, that's dreamweavermedia.co, check out their website, for more information. Hey there, it's Sarah Wilson, and welcome to Everything's Messy Podcast. Yep, you heard it right. Everything is messy because, well, it is. But here's the thing, in the mess, there's strength waiting to be found, and that's what we're all about here. My mission, to break the silence around chronic illness and build a community that's supportive, understanding, and downright empowering. So if you're ready to navigate the chaos, buck the conventional medical system, and embrace authentic healing, you're in the right place. We're going to tackle the big questions like how to balance it all, where the family fits into the messy equation and everything in between. This is your messy space, a place where we're not afraid to get real, have those important conversations, and maybe even share a few laughs along the way. I'll be sitting down with incredible people, each with their unique messes to explore their stories, experiences, and the lessons they've learned in the chaos. From unconventional healing methods to finding strength you never knew you had, we're covering it all. So grab a seat, get comfy, and let's dive into the messy. Because here at the Everything's Messy podcast, we're turning chaos into strength. Together, we're going to embrace the mess. Are you ready? Let's get messy. All right. Well, welcome. I have Christy Fontaine today. Welcome to Everything's Messy podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you wanted to come on. So let's just jump right into the mess, right? Everybody has a messy story. <laughs> we are so messy, always messy. And if that's the theme, then I've landed at the right podcast. You are at the right place. <laughs> I am at the right place. And, um, oh God. So let's start back. We'll, we'll, we'll go in the way back time machine to like, um, 2003. Um, I was a 24 year old single female 
working in my industry, I um, went to school for culinary arts. And um, so I was working in a kitchen at the time. And, uh, you know, still very young and dumb and having fun. And and, and let's just every really quick. Yeah. The, um, yeah. the culinary experiences, for, I just my yeah. own curiosity, is it as competitive as they say it is? It can be, absolutely. And I think I had good resolve um, because... And as an industry across the board, um, most of the people are addicts, either to drugs, alcohol, or both. Um, and why do you think that? It? I mean, just out of your own. Just, I think, yeah, I, I think it's just, um, I, I don't know. But anybody listening that's in or has worked in many kitchens will agree with me that it's just, um, I hate saying bottom feeders because that's not what I'm getting at. But I'm just saying like, and I don't know how they ended up in the kitchen necessarily or if it's just a um what's that word i'm looking for if it's just a personality um is it high pressure it can be yeah it can be um and i just think that um a lot of people fall into that pocket of leaning towards those extracurricular daily activities <laughs> and yeah. uh, i just never partook in that and um yeah i think like i said it goes back to my strong resolve and uh, yeah drugs and alcohol never had a hold on me um so I guess I'm fortunate in that. I never got messy in that area. That's great. Um, which, um, yeah, I'm looking at my old self now. I'm like, wow, you, you survived. <laughs> if I am, I'm going to be 45 next month. And um, if I can say that I've never had or still don't have a drug or alcohol problem, I'm blessed. Yeah. Because um, yeah. everyone's thick in my family too. Yeah, everyone's thick in my family. Um, my mom's brothers both were alcoholics and they both passed away. I'm scanned. Yeah, and it's just, I think that it's just a gene. And I think some people get it and some people don't. And I didn't. Um, are you in the first of those who do? Yeah. Are you the first in your family to go to culinary school or is it sort of in the family? Um, I actually grew up in a home. My mom took cake decorating a course when I was like a year old and it stuck. So I grew up with a bakery essentially in my home. Um, so it's kind of a funny story too. When I, when I happened upon... Um, and how I happened upon culinary school, I'm just going to jump off the culinary train for just a minute, is right out of high school, I was actually enlisted into the Army. And um, I was two hours away from boot camp. And they asked you three questions upon, you know, getting ready to ship out to your destination is, um, for females, I don't know how accurate this still is all these years later, but are you pregnant? Have you been sick? Or have you gotten any tattoos? And I said, no, no, but yes, um, I had been sick. I was dating a guy right out of graduation who gave me mono. And if anybody knows mono, mononucleosis, yeah, it's, I got so, I got so sick. Very sickly um, and very steroids. I lost a lot of weight. Oh, big time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from June when I graduated and I was supposed to leave mid-August, um, those two months, I was so, so sick. Um, and my recruiter at the time said, just, you know, you're going to be asking questions. Just, just do your best. If you have to lie to get through it, to get to boot camp, just, it, it's okay. You, you'll be okay. Wow. And I just froze. I just got so gun shy. Oh my no, I was just thinking, oh God, these authorities are going to get to me and I'm just going to get in so much trouble if they find out I was sick. So I, I fessed up and told them that I had been sick and they said to go back out in the waiting room. And I sat there and they called me back in and said, um, you have been disqualified and you cannot force me to look. 
<gasps> yep, because I had been sick. And because of mono, um, I guess because your spleen enlarges and stuff, and it's just a gross. It's not like I had a common cold or whatever. Um, and I, I, I don't know. This was 1997. So I don't know what policies are changed now. Um, but yeah, so they didn't want me to go through basic training and have my spleen erupt basically oh my goodness uh so i remember going back home tail between my legs and at this point all my friends had been you know packing up or had headed out to college and i didn't have a backup plan and um in my hometown was a culinary school and uh so this was august i still kept testing for mono well into probably october november and um the doctor said you know because I, I tried to get back into the army. I tried to test back in. And my blood test kept coming back positive, positive, positive. And um, he said, you, you might hold a trace of it just long enough for it to be in your blood. So if you have other options, find them. So in my hometown, there's a um, technical college that has a culinary program. So I signed up and uh, went that January. It was the spring semester. Um, and going back to, you know, I grew up with it. I had a spatula in my hand growing up. <laughs> and I kind of relate the story now when I look back at it is I and I didn't I didn't put this together until recently, but when I went, it was into the baking mod. And um, most of it was boys or or guys, young guys, and there was one other female. Um, and it was fun. It was such a you know, there's a reason why things happen, and I'm so I'm so blessed that the um, boot camp never happened now um because did i look at really it cool as yeah, did you look at it as rejection at the time or was it more i don't rejection think i knew what that yeah i don't i don't think i really understood the premise of rejection at that age i don't think my brain was formed around that yet i just thought of yeah that's a good question i think i just was just like oh whatever um we'll see what what else i can do um kind of rejected I'm always yeah. telling my kids rejection is protection. You may not see it at the time, but in no, some way, you it, it, you doesn't feel good, perhaps. Yeah, but then it's you, it's protection for you. Yeah, and I think I think all those years later, I think the rejection grew with me. If oh. that makes sense, I think I think as the years went on, and I had other missed opportunities, and I always fell back to what if? What if I had the ability to have been um lucky enough to be in the army no that's what it was and um you know i always had that shoulda coulda woulda or where would i where would i i have been where would have i gone i kind of felt stuck in in my own tracks and um up until just a few years ago i just happened to go to the um army website and they were they were taking new recruits at 42 years old and wow. I was almost 40. Yeah, I was almost 43. I forget the age cut off. I could be wrong. It might have been 41 or I just turned. I Whatever the age was, I just missed it. And I think if I had not missed the cutoff, I probably would have seriously considered, I got this, let's do it. Um, I think it's just one of those things in my life that I just felt like I missed the boat on. Um, part of me, you know, there's part of me that, okay, what did you miss out on? And there's part of me that's, it's just such a blessing. Um, because I wouldn't be sitting here right now talking to you about my messy story <laughs> or my life because it would have been a different messy life and I didn't get to see all those messes. So, and, and now it, it's okay. Um, 
So um, back to that first half of culinary school, I walked in, like I said, first semester was the baking mod. And um, I feel like looking back now, I was Harry Potter and didn't know it. You know, how Harry went to flipping school and knew how to do things. And they just looked at as this big cake wizard because I was doing all these things and uh, frosting things beautifully and making roses and I could write on cakes and they were just all like mouth open and, you know, this ain't fair. Why is she in here? You know, they were joking with a lot of love, but they were, you know, it was the Harry Potter effect. She's like, it's not my fault. It's in my blood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, I started my culinary career and I went through some internships and um, really loved it because it's just second nature for me. And um, a couple years later, I worked at a little eatery, uh, casual upscale dining. And I was blessed to have worked with some of the nicest people there. And it was an owner, chef. He, he owned the restaurant, lived right next door. And uh, I was, I, yeah, I've been spoiled in that world as far as like working in really toxic free kitchens most of my career. Um, and fast forward to me being about 23, almost 24 years old. Back way, back segue to the beginning of the story is when um, going out with friends, having fun, and uh, having a little bit, probably too much fun, and kind of realized I was pregnant. <laughs> you know, quietly, I was thinking, now this beer doesn't taste the same. This orange smells funny, and oranges don't smell bad, but the smell of an orange just threw me for a loop. Something's wrong here. Very specific, yeah. I- yeah very specific I still remember that it's funny how if you're a woman and you've been pregnant you I think each and every one of us have had a very specific Mm -hmm. you know you don't know even if you don't know you know you know so um here I am I'm single I'm in my apartment and I'm just like you know like I don't need this what do I do what do I do what do I do um I remember I had two days off that week and um, spent a lot of time with my mom in those two days. And in those two days, it was the last of the two days off. I was just like, well, I guess I'll go home now. And she's like, okay. She's like, everything okay? I said, well, God, I haven't been feeling good. (laughs) She basically had to drag it out of me. I was just such in a place. And um, she's like, what are you sick? Do you have the flu? I said, no, 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 it's nothing like that. And then she looked at me, she goes, are you pregnant? And I said, I think so. I just turned back to that little girl feeling, oh, I think so. <laughs> and my parents, <laughs> my parents are like the most, and they're still married, which is probably rarity at my age, but um, they're salt of the earth gems of people. So my mom whipped out the phone book at the time and said, okay. She called the doctor and booked me an appointment. The um the crux of the story is that I was not necessarily with anybody at the time, but had someone that, you know, obviously hooked up with and we weren't together, which leads me to my first messy bucket of life was to ask a mutual friend for said guy's phone number because I needed to talk to him. Mm. And his response was, is he's really not looking for a relationship right now. And I said, we're way past that. <laughs> we have leveled up so far. We, uh, Houston, we have a problem. And if you don't give me that number, yeah, whatever. So, um, called the number, got voicemail and said, Hey, it's me. I haven't seen you in about six weeks to be specific. <laughs> um, 
uh, if you can call me sometime, I really would love to tell you uh, or talk to you. You know, I forget the verbatim. Um, so he had called back. This part's fuzzy. He must have called back or whatever. Um, and long story short, he came to my little bitty apartment. It was during a snowstorm, sleeping on the couch. I hear a knock on the door, and uh, it's him. He comes in, and uh, he sits down, and I just basically said, hey, sorry to do this to you. Um, but I am pregnant and it's yours and you have a choice. You can leave right now, never talk to me again. And I'm completely okay with that. Or you can be part of me in this child's life. Um, there's no gray. It's either in or out. I don't want any in between. Yeah. Um, I, like, I look back now. I was like, man, I was ballsy. Yeah. Pretty amazing. You, I mean, that was a healthy boundary to set, right? That was, yeah. And looking back now, I should have set more but i guess we'll get there and uh, um so the funniest part of this story is in the background the tv was on this um national geographic with a british commentator or narrator and it was fish and so we had just gotten really quiet i broke the news and it's quiet you could hear a mouse drop <laughs> dropping five miles away and drop quiet and um all of a sudden the narrator on that show said and the males released its sperm. <laughs> I just, just wanted to die. Um, <laughs> I was just like, so this is my messy life, right? Um, and he kind of reiterated in that conversation too, like, um, you know, I never really wanted kids. I've got my little brother. That's all I really want. I said, listen, man, like I said, it's either you're in or you're out. Right. I was going to say, well, let me already out. said we're past this. It's not. I already said we're in or out. Pre-make. <laughs> right. So, uh, fast forward two weeks later was my ultrasound. And by then he kind of came around and called me and said, Hey, we got this. I remember he said it like this too. And I was just like, first red flag. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got this girl. And I'm like, uh, okay, whatever you do you. And I'll try to be me, but, um, I probably would have said it differently. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll be up there for the ultrasound and all that hunky dory stuff that comes with it. So we get there and, uh, we are, you know, I think something stupid for lack of, uh, for details or whatever. I think I had to drink like 40 ounces of water because when you're that, when you're that early on in pregnancy, they need all the help they can get. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I remember laying on the table and my mom actually came with us that day because she's my biggest cheerleader. She's the best grandma in the world. Oh. And I remember laying on the table and then she were chatting and, you know, I've got the shirt up, they got the gel, they got the wand out. And I happened to look over at the screen and I thought I saw what I saw. And I was just like, oh, 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 okay, I'll just wait a minute. And because uh, the guy kind of moved the wand off and just took a deep breath. And he said, well, here we go. And he scanned over my belly and he goes, well, look what we have here. Mm. And I looked over and I'm like, God damn it. It was what I saw. <laughs> there was not one baby. There was two. Oh my, that's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going. Yeah, and I yeah. want to tell you, I know. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, let's be as organic as we can and mess with um, yes. so, so I looked over and I saw two little dust bunnies there and I was just like, well, here it is, you know? God. And if I was to narrate my life, maybe that's the opening scene of my Sunday movie of my life. And it's like... And this was the beginning of the shit show with um, with the <laughs> English narrator in the with him. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's going to definitely be British. And uh, so, you know, 
Where do wow. I want to There are so many emotions, down, right? At one time. So many. And, you know, at 24, I wasn't mature yet. Um, maybe some people aren't 24. I wasn't. It's not that I was a big baby, but I just, I wasn't who I am today. Or, or, of course, that way. Um, um, I don't think many of us it, are it, at that age. Um, and now, uh, well, we'll get there in a minute. But um, so, yeah, that was the loneliest days of my life. I guess that's a soap Two days of our lives. Uh, it was lonely. He worked three hours away. He had a decent job. He was saving money. We saw each other when he came up. We talked a lot on the phone. I knew his family. Um, was his expression about as much as your expression? Was it just was it speechless? Was his? I think we were. I think. Oh yeah, I think so. And I think we just kind of rolled the punches for a long time, just because he thought the admirable thing to do was to stay with me and have babies and whatever. And um, but I remember the feeling and during that pregnancy, and you know, oh god, I got so ginormous, and I'm not a big girl, and I just I was huge. Um. Well, yeah, them and twins. So yeah. that and that and that was hard, you know. I was young, and I went from being a single woman at 20, 24 years old to a family of four in less than eight months. That's heavy. Um, that's very heavy, and I don't realize the weight of it until I really talk about it because it's just been my normal for. I mean, the girls, yeah, they're twenty years old now, twenty years, and um, so fast forward, they were born a little bit early. They were both perfectly fine and healthy and um i ended up staying with my parents until the girls were probably about oh god six seven months old at the time and then he um had saved up enough money and bought a home and uh, we moved in it was about 45 minutes away from our hometown which is a nice buffer because it wasn't you know everybody loves raymond style where the parents are going to barge to the door at any given moment so it was like it was a nice buffer it was a nice home um, and it was okay. You know, of course he worked hard. Um, he's, he supported us. He supported, uh, his family. There was a roof over our head. There was meals on the table, except there was always something missing as far as the relationship or, um, priorities. You know, he was still young too. He's probably like a year and a half, two years older than me. And sorry, male listeners. I love most of you, but men really don't grow up. And at the rate that women do and um partying especially around the 20s that's that's hard well it just gives some men a slack in the 20s it's like oh god um you know and fast forward four years we ended up having another son and that was another hard pregnancy because um i remember that night telling him sorry dude i think you did it again and (laughs) uh sitting there and i this is the part that's fuzzy in my brain. I don't remember if it was, it was late night. So it was either Conan O'Brien or a late night basketball game. And I remember sitting near him telling him like, I'm pregnant again. And I remember he was just watching the TV the whole time Mm. and uh, never grabbed my hand or a hug. So yeah, I just look at these TV emotionals like, oh, we're expecting or the we're pregnant and the hugs and the love. And I'm like, I I I never got any of that. Um, and because of that, because of his reaction of making me feel guilty, because it was my fault, right? Um, he said, well, it's probably going to be two again, and it's probably going to be another girl. So again, all my fault. Um, wow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
it, and I would go to all of my prenatals alone. And I remember that the OB at the time would say, all right, let's get a, let's get a listen to this little treasure. Just like dreading it. It's like, what treasure? And, mm -hmm. um, I, I just wasn't there. I was just like, ugh. Um, and then once we found out it was a boy, everything turned. So because he was happy as a boy, I guess it lightened up me and that I could be happy and bond with my, my child. Um, and, um, again, he was a good dad. He loved his son. And over the years, we just grew apart to the point of the last. So that was, okay, Matt was born in 2007. By 2011, we had our first hiccups. I thought that he was seeing somebody on 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 me, and um, he was a heavy drinker. He did it kind of quietly. He still snuck out to do anything that he wanted to do at any time. Um, he worked weekends, came home on Mondays, and was so conveniently in a dart league. So it's like we didn't see him then, and then he worked every. You know, he was just always working or gone. So when I say that I really raised these three kids alone, it's really not far off. I mean, he came by to, you know, help pay bills and show face and all that stuff. But on like the meat and potatoes of it all, there was just, there was no substance. And um, it took a long time to realize that. Um, and then I saved up the little money that I had and um, booked us a family cruise because I was just like, we need a vacation. This was back in 2015. So my girls were, what, 12 and Matt was eight. And uh, that was the beginning of the end. Um, because on that, yeah, because on that, on that trip that I, you know, I saved up for, didn't even have a job saved up for it. Um, he ruined it from alcohol and non-priorities. And um, so anyway, so I stayed three years later after that one incident, I stayed three years later before finally finding the wherewithal to just leave just rip off that damn band-aid find some semblance find some I got courage just get the hell out of dodge like this is going nowhere I can't stand him had you knew that where it was going hello again being with someone with, for 16 years with three children there was never even an inkling of him asking to marry me mm. um not that that's the and I'll be out for most people, but it's just like, I felt so, I don't know, you know, I felt like I am a good mom. I put a meal on the table every night. You know, I stay home. I don't, I don't leave. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. I provide everything to make a really good cozy home for these kids and for him and myself. And it's just like, at the end of the day, what, what was I getting back? Absolutely nothing. Um, and I think it took me so long to leave the situation was um probably financially you know that was scary how am i going to leave this um situation and provide for three kids provide for myself and i'm not going to be able to go back into my culinary job because you have to be married to that that schedule um how am i going to survive uh, you know and i'm not knocking down any retail workers or grocery store workers but i'm just like I want nice things in this life. And how am I going to get there by just eating by with just an, a mundane every day someone needs me job? Um, so I bought a business and um, I bought that in 2016. It was a cleaning business that came with clients. And um, yeah, I'll say that got out of Dodge. 
uh, within a year of the business, I had been doing so good for myself that I was just like, this is it. Bought myself a truck, bought myself uh, or found a rent uh, because he wasn't budging. I suppose the house was in his name, which was fine. Um, but being a mom with three kid pets and all that, first of all, a lot of people don't accept pets in the, you know, if you're renting or whatever. Um, and I was lucky enough and blessed that, um, my, I, not only was I cleaning in my business, but I had another nine to five job. I was working in a, a, a small kitchen, um, Thursday through Saturday. And because I was a sucker for punishment on Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays, I would clean all day, jump onto my restaurant job, and then I would um, clean up in the kitchen and then change my clothes and play bartender until two in the morning <laughs> because messy, right? Sure. Messy. And, and I, want, I, I, want, I want it out. Sure. I want it out so bad at all costs. Yeah. Did you ever have that awkward, uncomfortable conversation of, you know, is there anything to salvage? Is there, or did he just know because he already had one foot out the door and you were on, like, was it just a mutual, yep, I guess this I is. I don't, it, it got really, um, so to this day, we don't speak. Um, I choose my happiness over, he's got a lot of dark, I think, um, and undiscovered daddy issues and abandonment issues and persona issues. And I mean, so he was angry when he left. No not angry in fact i remember an incident that there's some kind of water that had spilled on my laptop and his cup was next to it and i was just like you know this this is my work computer this is my work laptop and you left your cup there and it spilled oh sorry i'll buy you a new one kind of oops i think he did it on purpose um i'll never know mm -hmm. and i remember that day we had a deck and i looked over the deck and it was summertime so he had a shirt off and he was like scratching his chest looking up at me and i said guess what i said Here's what's happening. I found a place. And uh, I'll tell you this out loud and for the whole universe to hear. You are not a person and I'm not yours. And after 16 years, he looked up at me and said, sorry, it didn't work out. And, uh, well, that wasn't like, close you. before you kind of I have the closure there, right? Oh, my goodness. But I remember, like, yeah, after our vacation, after that incident of him ruining so much then, and uh, he's not, he was never really one to talk about things out loud or it, I, he, he was always the one to brush it proverbial onto the rug, mm -hmm. proverbial rug, just kind of throw shit under there and whatever. Um, and I was the one that let it pile up his, you know, confrontation, let's keep everything at bay and whatever. So if we ever had an implosion, it would just be a lot. So I remember after that vacation, he had, we had come home and instead of him saying sorry or being the admirable like man and owning up and being accountable for what he had done, the only thing he said was, I guess we'll have to sell the house. So that was his way of saying a roundabout sorry or I really screwed up and we can't do this anymore. But let's not forget I was stupid enough and I say that with a little bit of grace now, but to stay three more years. Um, uh, yeah, so I was just like, you know what, you're mentality is gross <laughs> ugh, there's so much ick there and you know i'm very thankful for all that because he's not my person uh wasn't my person he gave me three beautiful kids and 
so back up really quick when you say you're so thankful what specifically for the children or just the whole experience oh the children yeah i mean and i always said i yeah i always said that i never wanted kids (laughs) and there i am with you know two at once surprise surprise then my son um i think i think um the universe sets you up with certain things i'm a believer of that now and it took me a long time to figure that out um you know they say everything happens for a reason the reason was I needed that lesson, you know, and it took me a long time to realize that lesson was, um, it made me figure out who I was. Um, maybe right, not back at my 2018 self or my 2016 to 2018 self. I was still probably, um, a little still immature as far as emotions. Cause you figure I had started this relationship when I was very young and didn't have the expansive knowledge to grow because it was such a closed container quote-unquote relationship it was just um playing house maybe I mean it just was nothing more than roommates after a while and um yeah so when I left I actually got a little rent right down the road from where he was and things got ugly um you know and to this day he still only talks to basically one of the children and uh, maybe one and a half of the children he doesn't really talk to one of the girls which is really difficult to understand because they're twins for their choice um for probably both yeah um but as a parent i always wonder like you are the parent you have to try you have to bend you have to break as a parent and i guess some people don't um yeah so that was the first 16 years um that was messy and um so thank and you know I, I'm thankful that it ended and I just wish that I would have had the wherewithal and the bandwidth to do it a lot sooner than that um but I didn't so that's my story and I can't change it I can't go back and fix things or back and look at things differently from a different lens because there was no lens I, there was just one you know maybe blinders on for a while um so I picked up, picked up three kids and the pets that we had at the time and was lucky enough and blessed that um, back to my little bartending job, uh, my, my boss, he had a uh, rental property. So I got to stay there for a few years. Um, in the meantime, met someone else. Um, and that were, was probably... Were you ready for that? Were you ready for something like that? Um, so I met him two months after moving out of the second or the first situation. But to be honest, we weren't, we were under the same roof for years, probably not even together. So we had probably been broken up literally for three years, um, but still living under the same roof. So was it a quick exchange to, to do it that fast? Maybe. But if I say that I was kind of single under the same roof for three years, I'm like, well, maybe I gave myself some leeway just to kind of move on. And that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, kind of, right? I mean, <laughs> what's logical um, when you're going through stuff? And um, Well, and it sounds like um, for so long you got so little that maybe just even receiving a little bit more than what you did. Yeah. Right. I was getting some attention. It was nice to have that feeling of, love what I thought was love again and um some semblance some you know um so that was like October of 2018 that we met and um you know it was, wasn't like this head over heels thing but I really liked him a lot and he had some red flags as I think most people do that I looked over because I think that's 
can we just stop doing that? Can we just stop taking right. red flags as a bouquet of flowers and being like, oh, it's okay. We'll change him here. He'll be fine. No, guys, listen, red flags, freaking red flags. They definitely doesn't make the people bad, but, uh, bad, but just if I could have taken a pause to be like, let me just slow down and really read you a little bit more. When people hear you who they are, they're showing you yeah. who they are. Yeah. Yes. So, um, a year before we had met, he had um, experienced a huge trauma, and um, I'll just say it here. And if you need to put a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode, go for it. He had, he had. Um, I'll spare it for time the whole story. Basically, he found his nephew hanging in his garage. Oh my god! Um, so yeah, and they were very close, mm. and. Um, he, he was very upfront when we first met that this is something that he had been going through. And of course that's nothing. I mean, yes, it is a red flag, but it's kind of an understandable kind of red flag. Like I will cope with you and cope with me dealing with you dealing with that as much as I can. Um, and then he had gone through a divorce maybe a year or two before that. And, um, he was a very, very heavy drinker. Um, and I, just a cocktail that is bad, you know, and not, and maybe to no fault of his own, but still such a cocktail of, you know, extreme, extreme circumstances to have to deal with. And this lends back to, you know, the beginning of our conversation with, you know, me in the culinary world and me not being an addict to anything. How the heck, and my parents don't drink. I mean, my dad's would last, uh, my dad would buy a six pack and it would last all summer because he would just have one or two after mowing the lawn. You know, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So coming from, you know, a family, a fairly normal family, just my parents are still married. My parents don't drink. I have one sister. Just this cutter, cook, cookie cutter, little normal blue collar family. And uh, I end up with two broken people that had just, you know, problems with themselves, which lent to problems with alcohol. And it became my problem. Hmm. You know, I don't have a problem with alcohol, but I do. Because now I have an unhealthy... Yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, when you saw that, or did you think it's something, well, I can bring him out of that? Did you think... Well, it's funny because I met him on Tinder, which is kind of, I know, I could go into that and just be like, ladies, don't go there either. If you're strong, beautiful, stay offline. If you, if you... I will get into that in a minute too, but... Um, and it was kind of desperado. It was kind of a friend being like, just go online. That's what everybody else is doing. Da, 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 da. So I did. And he was local-ish, but I didn't know him. Um, and we met. And, you know, oh, this is funny, too. Our second date. Our, <laughs> you know, this blends into the podcast. Our second date we spent with his ex-wife's parents. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. It is. Let's not just I, blow over that. That's very that is, yeah. So our yeah, it is kind of hilarious. I kind of forgot about that little minor detail. So first as you sitting uh, through the date at all, were you like warning, warning, or you're just kind of going with the flow? Well, I live in a very small town. Okay. Our 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 town's probably about twenty five hundred people. So you know people. So our first date, we went out for dinner. And then I think it was two days later. Or the, I think it actually, you know what? I think it might have been the day later. Like he just was like, hey, I'm back in town. 
um, can you meet up at such and such a place at such and such a time? So I said, sure. So we sat there, we're having a beer or whatever. And he looks over and he goes, that's uh, my ex's father right there. And I said, oh, whatever. He just seems like an unassuming, cute, adorable little old man. And he goes, he really loves me a lot. So I'm going to go over there and talk to him. I said, oh, hey, go. Like, you know, I just, whatever. So he did. And then he came over to talk. So the dad came over to talk to us. And I was just like, okay, a little awkward, but Christy, just grow up. Just smile, not make conversation. It's okay. I don't know. Wait, time out. Do you think that's a grow up moment? Or do you think that's a, I'm going to call this for what it is and maybe just see who goes I look back now. It was freaking weird. Yeah. It was a little, let's look, let's be honest at face value. It was a little weird. But the weirdest part didn't happen yet because his wife, <laughs> met him there and then she sees uh the ex and her husband and then there's me and then there's her and she I, you can't make it up and I, like i'm watching no <laughs> no it's so yeah so i look back now and i knew her from the grocery store because she was a checkout clerk and i was just like hi what do i you know it's such an awkward like holy crap what is my life but i was just like this guy's okay um but I did notice after um, the next time we meet up, whatever, he liked his alcohol. Like, you know, I liked his beer, but he liked the hot stuff too. And whatever. At this point, I'm just like not judging. But um, going back to the whole stupid Tinder thing, I almost put on my profile, like, no drinkers. But I didn't. do. I don't know. I think I took the chance just being like, I might really exclude meeting someone really nice regardless of the problem, you know? Um I was so adamant about making sure that no one was born in the same year as my first ex and didn't have the same name as guilty by association. Like you just hate everybody with that name. <laughs> yeah. <person>. So, <laughs> you know, it was just like, ew, no. Um, so yeah, so we started dating and it was, it was fine. Um, he had two daughters himself and, um, they came over to his house a little bit and they, I mean, they, they had more relationship with him than my kids had a relationship with their dad and now there was red flags so there was a drinking there was the suicide there was just um life mm -hmm. um so I mean, look, skills are a big deal right and they're you know they're a big deal when they're absent and you don't have those coping skills yes. and and then he took my son under his wing and taught him how to hunt and go fishing and my son was only 11 at the time uh, it was nice to have a little bit of a father figure and they, they bonded and um, fast forward to 2020, March of 2020, let's go there when the whole world shatters into 6 billion pieces and we go into lockdown. And uh, this is probably about March, April-ish. And um, because of my business, self-employed, cleaning, rentals, the world's closed down, no one's renting. I kind of was a little scared not knowing Am I ever going to be able to make money again um, on my own? Or am I going to have to, like, a lot of people about that? I mean, I wasn't yeah. alone. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he spent a lot of time with me at my little rental. And um, he had a home, a beautiful home that he had built. And he was never there because of said incident with nephew. Um, it was really haunting him and all this stuff. And in that regard, you can't blame. I mean, of course, there's going to be those demons, but being able to. Oh, absolutely. And literal demons. Yeah. Sure. Working through it, coping is just a whole different ballgame. And I and I think his heavy drinking when he was alone there opened up portals to whatever he think he saw. Because he said he saw some 
demons or what have you. And I'm like, you sure you were, you sure you weren't sleeping? Are you sure you sure you weren't taking anything more? But you know, I have never experienced what you saw and I will never, um, and I hope I never do. Um, but I'm not going to ever take that away from him as far as discrediting what, sure how damaging and damning that was to him. Um, but so 2020 came and, uh, he's like, you know, let's just move back to my home. I have a house that uh, I built myself, obviously, and you can build three bedrooms downstairs. No, two bedrooms. Was it two? Whatever it was. Two bedrooms. We'll, we'll build a couple bedrooms, and um, we will buy the field across the street. A beautiful seven-acre, plush, lush, gorgeous flat field. Um, because he knew that that's what I was ultimately looking for was a chunk of land so I could make these beautiful gardens and eventually put greenhouses on them and um, put like a little, you know, um, commercial kitchen out there, just a little shanty shacky shed where I could make sure. pies and cookies and bread. So and... at this point, you're, you're wanting to do this. This is a decision. That you're oh yeah. To... At this point, well, at this point, you know, I, I don't know what's coming up next. So I'm thinking, well, I don't know if I can pay rent. You know, if I'm not getting paid, this was before like the help. This was before. And, and mind you, back then when I was trying to apply for, unemployment that was that was not a joke that was really tricky for a lot of people especially small small business people um but luckily the job that i had i made a lot of money in the winter um you know make hay while the sun's shining um and i would also you know um save up for my downtime so i would always have like a decent cushion to fall back on so i wasn't really worried i was just kind of looking out for don't know that I don't know where this world is going. Don't know where I'm going. And uh, of course there was red flags. Um, but I, you know, brushed them aside and thought, hmm, you know, and it was all sweet. We can buy this land because you, you're you're so special to me. I just love you so much. Get you that land. I know you how much this means to you. I know you want to garden. And so was it like so love bombing or was it just his way I to don't cope think with he this? Had it well? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it was too late to love bomb. I don't think he knows. I don't think he has the capacity to figure that out. What he is is very narcissistic. And I know that word is thrown a lot around a lot, but he really is. And um, and when you have narcissistic alcoholics, it's that's that's a whole other mixed breed of don't go there. It's just and it's funny because the first one was a narc too, but in a whole different way. So I think I got that type A narc and type B narc in a specific order. And I, and I say all this and I'm not throwing either one of them under the bus is to preface that I am not perfect at all. Um, but um, when you're dealing with such abstract personalities daily for almost 20 years, it's like, holy, who the hell am I? You know, who, who am I? Who am I? Um, and I have heard it's so almost by design that you're constantly questioning your existence or what you're doing. Oh, yeah. So, I, yeah. Because yeah. <clears throat> I'm inherently like this creative, like, um, do everything, you know, like a uh, Martha Stewart type of attitude. Like, I can do anything. You know, I love to craft and I love all things arts and do it my own. And it's just like at some point, and I'm a visionary and a dreamer, um, they both kind of, they weren't so it's just like any big idea that i had was just kind of squash like Meh. and i'm just like Ugh. it was always buzzkill mm -hmm. so 20 years of buzzkill except for we acquire this land i tried to acquire the land on my own and um 
most banks acquire a 35% uh, liquid asset. And that just basically means if it's, you know, $30,000 and uh, you need to have 35% of 30000 in cash and then you mortgage the rest. So I was like, okay. Which I had, I actually at the time had money to do that. And I was just like, something told me not to do it um, because it would have kind of really depleted me in case work didn't pick back up. Sure. So it was the noble idea of the bank uh, loan manager to say, hey, you know, let's just um, roll it into his equity and you guys can do it that way. You can borrow against his already existing mortgage. Ouch. Ouch. So long story short, and anybody that's listening is, that knows anything about banking or mortgaging which is going to come through the microphones or speakers and just slap me in right now just proverbially slap me um <laughs> because i i signed the, those lines and what i didn't realize at that exact moment was is that i got rolled onto his mortgage debt and the deed mm. so at that moment he kind of got like apoplectic about like you know, just crazy, like, oh, you know, I worked so hard. I paid my ex-wife off to get this house and keep this house, and now you're on it. And I'm just like, well, it was kind of your idea for oh, me to come oh, here. So almost reactful. Yeah. He was, I think he was pooping his pants a little bit, being like, oh, no. You know, like, oh, shit, I got wrapped into this crap again with another woman. And so I, I think that when that land kind of went through and it was ours, it's kind of like, um, the relationship took another turn, a little bit of a, yeah, a resentment. Um, and at that point, that's when I started kind of opening my eyes and, um, went through the next year. So that would be 2021 and, uh, dug the garden of my dreams. And, uh, what I just wanted to do the whole thing. <laughs> and this lends to the example is, um, he had his friend come over with the big tiller and plowed the patch that I had kind of drew up. And I said, double it. He's like, oh, that's too big. I'm like, double it. And so they double it. And um, he couldn't believe that I wanted. And I, it wasn't that, I mean, out of seven acres of land, I think if this thing was like 70 square, uh, you know, 70 feet by 70 feet, I was lucky. But it was a nice, sizable place to start. Had a beautiful garden. And uh, I like to do all the cannings. Like I said, Martha Stewart, I like to do all my pickles and relishes and all that stuff to put up for the winter. And um as winter progressed that year, um, I was just like, oh, do it. Because, you know, there's just all, there's, in that narcissistic person's world that's drinking a lot, no one can do anything right. So I was subjected to a lot of criticism. I couldn't do anything right. I was basically the um, the breadwinner, you know, because I always, I was making good money in my business. And I always, you know, if we needed anything, that was, it was on me. Um, he paid the mortgage, he paid his insurance, he paid his gas, and I basically paid everything else as a little of, you know, and, and that gets messy too when you kind of play tit for tat. Um, it was November of 2021 uh, that I was home and it was a cold night and um, my son had gone down the street to help a neighbor and uh, I know it's a random thing, but I'm random and the show's messy. I was eating... Um, a big bowl of jello. <laughs> I remember that. And the, it, it's funny how when weird things happen, you remember like the mind. The little details. No, it, it, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, yeah. So I, I remember that I had already washed dishes. I had already done laundry. And I, had I been doing those two things, I wouldn't have heard what I heard. So I heard um, 
what I felt was, help, like a labored help. I'm like, hmm. And I went back and taken a few more bites of jello because it's who I am. Because it didn't, the windows are closed, you know. I'm like, okay. TV wasn't on by myself, very quiet afternoon. And then I hear it again. And I flew outside and um, looked under his truck and he was pinned under his truck. The tire came down onto his, rolled, ran him over. Oh my. Um, <laughs> messy, Sarah, I tell you. Yes. Um, goodness. So he was holding so, a tire or something and it fell on him? He was, so let me get this story right. He was changing. Sorry, men who are listening. I am not auto mechanically inclined. He was changing. Did he pull out his drive shaft? I'm asking the men out there. Probably pull out his drive shaft. And um, the driveway was a little bit on a steep, just a little bit of enough of a little steep. And I think he did not, I think he thought it was more level than it was and didn't put a piece of wood, you know, around the tire. And uh, he moved, he tried to move out of the way, moved the wrong way. And it just, it pinned him. Oh my God. So, it, you know, even her left arm was, so now his left arm's up in the air. And the tires like over his like left armpit chest area, and um, it was a cold afternoon, and I'm panicking. So I call nine one one, and uh, if anybody has to ever call nine one one, you're already kind of frantic and crazy anyway. And this operator, God bless her, she was not cooperative at all. Uh, oh dear! See, that's actually that was my uh, profession before. I was a nine one one dispatcher for many many years. So that makes me sad that you didn't. Um... It kind of was, but here's what happened. So I had to go and get a jack um, to release him from, you know, getting squished. Um, and at first I grabbed the little, little bitty one that you just have in a car. Um, he goes, no, go get the other one. So I'm scrambling around. I don't know how to use this damn thing. So he's telling me how to, you know, put it under the pumpkin. Again, it's like the middle of the axle is that like, you know. Again, not automatic canister. I'm playing here with that thing. So, you know, light it up for there. While I'm all trying to do this, the operators like ask me, like, ma'am, you know, this, ma'am. And I said, excuse me. I'm like, but you have to just, here's what's happening. I have to jack this truck up and get him out. And she was kind of asking me these questions. And I was just like, ma'am, just be quiet. Like, just, you know, I, 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 I appreciate your help, but I can't, I can't. I, ha I need to get him out of here because we're kind of rural. I hate that word, rural. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, people really arrived quicker than I anticipated. They were there within like 10 minutes, which is kind of decent. Um, so long story short, jack up the truck and um, yank him out or let him scoot back over. And um, I remember that the operator had said one more thing to me before I left the phone call. And when I told her, yes, you know, help has arrived. And she told me, she told me not to feed him anything. I said, okay. I know that's part of her job, but I'm like, I'm really sure he's not craving a cheeseburger right now. But anyway. <laughs> Interestingly so, enough, and not to defend her especially. And I get it. I completely get but it. But there is yeah. actual questions they have to read off of a sheet. Some departments. We were right. old school. We didn't have pre-made questions. But some departments did where they had to just give you the instruction yeah. of what. Poor woman. I never called to complain about her because I was just like, you know, it is it is what it is. She did her best with what she knew and whatever. Um, so they take him to the hospital. Uh, let's fast forward. Being mindful not to feed him any cheeseburgers. So that. Yeah, I didn't feed him a damn thing. No, I actually remember I threw a, a sleeping bag on him because I had just ran into the basement, found the first thing I could see is a sleeping bag, and I brought it back outside. So 
find him at the hospital. He's got this sleeping bag on him, and it's full of gravel from the driveway, and there's big boulders all over this ER room. Nothing was broken. He suffered a lot of nerve damage. Um, his arm was pretty much what I thought was just um, crippled or paralyzed or immobile or never being used again. Um, so he was out of work from November all the way until July. Oh, wow. So a lot of issues come with that as well, right? A lot of oh my god, because the ego's bruised along with the arm, along with oh the ego's bruised, the alcohol got ramped up, uh, the weight of the pain, pain, right? The pain is he's in pain, and he was taking a lot of you know um, ibuprofens and Tylenol around the clock, and um, you know he was a complainer anyway. So this, you know. You know, but, and you know, I get it, but at some point it's just like, just freaking stop. Just everything was a complaint. Um, and there was a lot of unanswered questions for a while. So I get it. Um, it didn't really help the relationship at all. Um, so that was like November of 2021. So by, um, God, yeah. So that was November of 2021. He didn't get back to work until 2022, July, 2022, um, and in that, you know, in that pocket, in those seven, eight months, I was still working. So, um, still working. Yeah, and I still rely on the fort still, and yeah, still holding down the fort. All of I mean, it. to take whatever the brunt of his pain, emotional and physical and whatever you can with that, I'm sure was not yeah. fun. And you start to see the true colors, I'm sure. Oh, so, those true colors were flying everywhere. T- talk a little bit about how do you start to see the, you know, okay, I'm recognizing this for what it is, and where do I go from here? Right. So there was a lot of time. So like I said, I moved in in 2020. By maybe 2021, I was just walking around the place being like, I I don't want to be here. I won't be here next year. Um, I won't be here next year. It was kind of like a manifestation, I guess, you know, And looking back in retrospect now, like, I don't want to be here in a year. I hate this place. Um, This isn't going to work out. Um, And of course, because of my nature and because i had already been in a 16-year relationship that was crap that's all i knew that's all i knew was to just put things aside and let it go because this too shall change right like i can change him or he'll he'll get better or this 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 has to end or whatever um and it didn't and i the more i just kind of progressed i was just like you know my garden of 2020 thankfully um was my solace it was you know sitting down into the basement in march april may you know still cool up here in new england i had my um my light tables on my seedlings and i'm transplanting and i had a i moved a picnic table into the basement and it was just like it was my safe place to be creative and have something hopeful to look for which was the garden and 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 a necessary distraction as well i'm sure a very necessary distraction, yeah. And and you know, in all of this, so we've got the dynamics of my three children and then his two daughters, and his two daughters didn't necessarily have a great relationship with him. Um, so there was a lot there was while he's home with this dead arm and I'm working my ass off and doing all the things and you've got all these interwoven family dynamics and the complaints daily. I'm just like I am about to tap out. Um, so, you know, last, last, um, so that was, yeah, okay. We're in 2023 now. I'm like losing my mind here. 
again, my mind's very messy too. <laughs> no, I'm right there with uh, you. <laughs> so they could yeah, so, yeah, I that. <laughs> oh, I know. So I get through, I get through my gardening season and I'm just kind of like, holy shit, like, what am I going to do with this? You know, what, what am I going to do? Um, and I'll just fast forward. Um, I think by November 12th, which is almost a whole year ago, I got the hell out. Um, I got the hell out. I just, I got a storage unit back in July, which no one knew about. And I was moving boxes quietly. I was in. Okay, this was a, yeah. an escape. A uh, preempted. Gotcha. Yeah. So not, and it wasn't like a, one explosive event that made it just end quickly. It was. No, I, I think, I think, yeah, I had to, I think I, I think I was slow and methodical in the messiness of it all. Um, because, you know, it's, and it's amazing how much crap you collect as a human being in just a couple of years. And I'm just like, oh God. So I got a storage unit, um, started moving stuff out and thank God, cause those are really hard to come by here too. And that is the segue into the next messy pile that I am currently in is that because I was stuck to his mortgage debt and because of the inflation and because of the low um, inventory on housing, not just where I am, but everywhere, um, I live in a place that's heavily Airbnb because I live in a ski resort town. So most Places only rent short term, not long term. So there goes that. And the price has tripled since I had last rented just maybe three, uh, five years ago from today. Um, so it's not that I can't afford rent. If I went out and tried to afford today's rent in the area, I would never be able to have a mortgage. Sure. You know, like if I think about saving whatever. And because I'm in that precarious mortgage pickle you know i tried i tried to even get the smallest loan i could try to get to just get a fixer up or whatever and they're like eh, no no right. i've heard the word no so many times that if i ever hear a yes it'll be a freaking miracle um <laughs> but it'll, it'll happen because sure. um in this last year alone since november 12th 2022 was the day i took my stuff and i didn't look back um, and I was blessed enough to have a friend who said, I have three rooms that are empty, stay here. And uh, that's currently where I still am. It's been almost a year and it's a beautiful thing. Um, that's really one of the messiest stories I've ever heard. Uh, I, and it, <laughs> it just feels like it compounded and compounded and compounded. So where would you say now, especially in this last year, is it you know, is it focusing on Christy now? Is it, you know, oh, maybe, big time. I, yeah. I, I, I finally know who I am. And what that is, is I am worth so much more and I've added tax. I am so much more valuable than a huge statement. That's a huge statement because it, there's so many layers to that. And one of the layers I think being you, because you're confident in who you are, you know what you might want and what you know you don't want, right? And so that already... What I don't want is already outweighing what I do want. I have found such a zen place in the last year of clarity and kindness to myself, forgiveness, and hold space and grace for myself, sure. and know that this too shall pass. So I know like right now, I am in like the biggest story chapter of my life, meaning like this is what I needed to get in my in, get into to catapult me to the greatness that's coming. Um, definitely. So yeah, it's been a it's been a huge growth year where 
it's like I, I give no shits. I don't know if I can swear on here, Prairie Hat, Prairie Hat, but <laughs> I, I, I don't worry much. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just such a liberating um, experience that I finally, I finally figured out how to love myself. And I don't think, I don't think I ever did. Um, and it may be more stress, but it's a different kind of stress, right? When you have that, you know, day-to-day -day angst when you're living with someone who brings a whole different dynamic, that brings its own stressor. And of course, you know, being out on your own right. again and doing all those things, but it's a different kind of stress. It's stress that you almost welcome and would gra gladly treat. Yeah, it is a welcome stress. stress yeah. We laugh so much um, every day, like, and since I've been here, since she's taken us in, her daughter, who just turned 21, has an 18-month-old baby. And they've been living with us also since, like, February, I think. So it's she went from an empty nest to a house busting at the seams. Full house, yeah. And it's a full house, and it's a lovely house, and we have so much fun. There's probably not one day that goes by that we don't collectively belly laugh. Um, she told me that. I should start stand-up comedy because um, it's just who I am. I like to find deprecation and everything and laugh at everything. And well, and what I always say on this podcast is we have to laugh through the mess, right? And it's not that we're laughing at you, but we're laughing at the situation. I have compassion and I totally understand the, the bottom floor. But at the end of the day, you've got to find some humor just to get you through, just to get you through whatever that circumstance. Have to, because if you are not laughing, you're crying. And please make fun of yourself as more because I can be the advocate now to like don't take yourself so seriously. Don't yeah. no, because guess what? We are all in the same spinning rock in the middle of freaking nowhere in space. We, there's no escape. The final destination is death. We're all heading there. <laughs> and how you play the game. And I hate being morbid like that, but it's just like we're not getting out of here alive. Stop taking yourself so seriously. No, but I do like kind of see why you might have been given the advice to do stand up. That's that's quite yeah. uh, funny. So then from that, let's segue. <laughs> <Not> leaving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's segue into you are also and uh, took on the endeavor to start a podcast. So what does that I did look like? Because I am always uh, so thirsty for creativity, whether it's with food or anything artsy, fartsy, anything that I can grow or I just love to have my hands on something. Well, and I, I love the titles. The title of your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So the, the title of my podcast um it was a kind of stumbled upon it. Um, it's called Hold My Shovel. The Hold My Shovel, well, not the Hold My Shovel podcast. Um, and it came from the premise of the expression Hold My Beer. Yeah, no, I love it. Usually if you see the if you see the videos of Hold My Beer, someone's about to do something or have done something stupid or made a bad choice or decision. And they all relate to that. <laughs> Thank you. And that's why I love your podcast is a lot like mine in the sense of bring the messy, bring the crazy, bring those crazy stories. Because at the end of the day, we are all collectively a pile of choices that we've made that were sometimes ours or many times not ours to make. And right, just we found our realization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the premise of um, Hold My Shovel is that we are given, or daily we are given piles of BS to navigate through. And uh, you have to dig it, climb over it, go under it, around <laughs> it. You have to figure it out. <laughs> yes, figure it out. And on Hold My Shovel, I want you to stop digging and start talking. And... Um, there's nothing off limits. It can be as messy as my story. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it can be, you know, college stories, the time you got arrested, the time that you got, whatever the case may be, the crazy person in your town that you taunted. I don't know. But just a chance to are all sit with it. And that's just a chance yeah. to sit with it. Yeah. Um, and I, I came across the class, the podcasting class uh, or, or program to learn more. And I am not looking back. I've met so many wonderful people so far. Um, and that's what I say. I have said many times, the podcasting community in and of itself is such a uh, just kind and nice and gracious community. And they just, they bring yeah. you in. And all I find myself wanting to do is just paying it forward because they have just the openness and honesty and just the way that I've been welcomed, especially. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's a really, really nice outlet to be yourself whatever that is whatever that looks like and Mm -hmm. you know i feel as you are come as you are and you know we'll we'll be there for you we'll figure it out and i just think and it's okay and just get rid of the word perfection get rid of the you know idealistic life or how you think it's gonna go um throw caution to the wind fly by the seat of your pants give no worries i mean real people in the line of and that, that yeah. to me, I think people are craving that. They're they're, they're wanting that so much, mm-hmm. that genuine, the vulnerability, because I think, you know, they, we are similar conversations we're missing out on. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think that's you know, yeah, whether you're listening to the podcast driving or maybe we're in your back pocket right now, it's just kind of like taking friends for the ride. It's just you're listening to something, and I hope my story didn't scare away people. No, I don't think. I think somewhere people are going, oh, my no. God, that was me. I so, you know, I think people are saying, oh, my gosh, I yeah. felt that. Or, oh, my, you know, I've been in that situation. And, and then I think if I laid ability. And, if I, and I think if I can lend any advice to any young woman out there or a man or whatever human that's in a situation young and, in my case, um, stay-at-home mom for eight years, um, that feels trapped, find some way to put some money away, find some way to do a side hustle, find some way out, whether it's what you have to do to live somewhere else for a little while, like I'm doing, um, have no shame in protecting your own sanity, have no shame in finding yourself, have no shame to admit that you have been stuffed in a box and that you've finally climbed out Mm -hmm. and give yourself the grace and give yourself the, um, it's a great word. Give yourself the validation that you will never, ever, ever climb into that box again. Yeah. And um, and what I like to live- say is find your strength through the mess and you will come out of it. Yes. And I think it, if I hadn't gone through all of this crappy mess that I wouldn't be who I am in just a short year's time. Um, it's like a light switch went off in me. Like just this beautiful... I don't know. It's like I'm connected to like this higher being, whether it's the universe or I I don't know. It's like bubbling lately. It's just like something's just gravitating me towards something huge, something big. I don't know what it is yet. Um, And I'm just pushing myself every day to see it. You know, just I don't want to not see it. (laughs) No, I think that I'm too bold for that. So, yeah, I'm just I like that pushing limits for myself. Yeah. No, that's great. And be you. Thank you so much, Christy. This has been a fantastic episode. Um, or definitely, I feel like you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And I so appreciate time. Yeah. And um, thank you. Let's have you on again after you start your podcast and, and yes. what uh, yes. 
how it's going. I keep saying the full circle. Yeah. I, and I keep saying to the few women that I've interviewed so far, too, is to um, schedule me out in about a year. I know that sounds like a long time, but a year goes by very quick. Sure. And a lot can yeah, happen here. It's more more, more media material to, to talk about. <laughs> I think so. I think it's like the progressional marker of growth and maybe becoming unmessy. Maybe by that time I'm, I'm completely, maybe by that time I've had time to like towel up and wipe off the mess. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much. We, I really, really enjoyed thank it. You. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Everything's Messy Podcast. If you don't mind, if you'd head on over to wherever you listen to your podcast at and like, subscribe, maybe leave me a review. I would totally appreciate that. If you'd like to be considered to be a guest on our podcast, please reach out to me at everythingsmessy at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media at Everything's Messy Podcast on Instagram. I'm also on X, which was Twitter at Everything's Mess and Facebook at Everything's Messy Podcast. Once again, I'd love to hear from you in any capacity and anything that you'd like to share with me. Thanks again for listening.